Hello, Lakers. Welcome to A Splash of Murder. I'm Heather, and I'll be your guide today on a lake with some eerie history. We're not here for the views of the water. We're here for what lies beneath. So strap on your life jackets and get ready to climb aboard. Guilford Lake is a 70-acre natural kettle lake located in the town of Guilford in Shenango County, New York. It is a frequented destination for trout and bass fishermen, located in the small peaceful town of Guilford, New York, with homes around the lake being a mixture of summer houses and full-time residents. Guilford Lake is the perfect place for a peaceful getaway with stunning sunsets, and maybe even the perfect place for a murder. In 1996, Peter and Patty Wolazuk were enjoying marital bliss as they had eloped in Las Vegas, Nevada. Patty, who had come to America from England as a child, was a registered nurse in Sydney, New York. And Peter, who spent most of his young life in New Jersey, was a truck driver who transported new cars to dealerships. Exciting new adventures were happening for Patty and Peter. In 1997, they bought a house with a pool and moved in their four children, three daughters, and Patty's son from a previous relationship. They also bought and opened a business together called the Angel Inn Bar, which customers of the bar reported they both appeared happy and enjoyed not only working at the bar, but enjoyed each other. From the outside looking in, the Wolazuks seemed to have it all. The American dream, a beautiful family, house, business, but as we know, not everything is as it seems. On April 3rd, 2002, Patty had arrived home from working a late shift. According to Peter, there was a mix-up on who was supposed to pick up the kids from the babysitter, so both Patty and Peter got into the truck and headed to pick up the kids around midnight. During the drive, Patty had attempted to flick a cigarette ash out of the window when a deer had jumped out in front of them. Patty instinctively swerved the truck to avoid hitting the deer, however, in doing so, had plunged into the lake. Peter was able to escape out of the door, however, was unsuccessful in helping Patty. He then ran to get help. He reached Thomas and Jessica Becker's home, where a 911 call was placed, and Thomas and his friends set out to save Patty. Unfortunately, it would be professional divers that would pull Patty from the frigid water, where she would be pronounced dead at the same hospital she had worked for 17 years. From the beginning, Peter's story of the events that night seemed suspicious to police. He seemed quick to offer that Patty had been drinking. However, her blood alcohol range came back below the legal limit. His story of the deer jumping in front of the truck also seemed odd, as there was no signs of tire marks on the road from braking or swerving. The area of the supposed accident was open, where most of that area had guardrails or structures that would block a car from freely entering the lake. There was also the changes in Peter's story. At first, he said he had escaped through the passenger door. However, police found that both doors were locked. 
He then said he had climbed out of the window. He said when he left Patty, she was still in the driver's seat. However, when divers found her, she was at the bottom of the lake. Then there was his phone call to Patty's life insurance company, less than eight hours after she was pronounced dead. There was more suspicious evidence found during the autopsy. Burdock plants, which produce seed pods. These seed pods are like Velcro and stick on anything and everything. Anyone who has ever had a dog run through an open field knows these little spiky balls that get caught in their fur and take forever to brush out. These seed pods were found in Patty's hair and coat, as well as on Peter's shoes. Curiously, there were no burdock plants found around the lake. However, not only were burdock plants found at the Wolazuk's property, but a broken branch with strands of hair, identified through DNA belonging to Patty, was found. Patty had cuts inside her mouth and abrasions on her body, indicating a struggle. Most importantly, it was determined by Boone County pathologist James Terzian that she had died from asphyxiation. Peter was arrested April 8th of 2002 and was held without bail. During the trial, Peter changed his story again, claiming that Patty was drunk. They had fought and he had told her to pull over because she was too drunk to drive. She was so angry with him that she drove the truck into the lake on purpose. Peter said that it was because he didn't want to ruin his wife's reputation that he lied. During the trial, it was discovered that Peter and Patty were engaged in a sexual relationship with their babysitter. Patty's diaries describe how at first it was to fulfill a fantasy, but had turned sour when Patty had suspicions that Peter had been sleeping with the other woman without her and may actually have feelings for her which the babysitter would later confirm were true. Patty also wrote how she feared her husband may hurt her. There were many witnesses for the prosecution that contradicted Peter's claims. Jessica Becker, the woman whose house Peter had ran to to call 911, said in her testimony that Peter's hair was dry when he had banged on the door that night, even though he had supposedly just been submerged in water. Marlene Martin, an EMT, testified that she believed that Peter was faking shivering when she assessed him in the police car. That as she came over to him, he sat perfectly still, but the moment he saw her, he began shaking and stuttering. His hair was perfect, not dripping wet, not ruffled, said Martin. He did not appear to be cold, had no goosebumps. Investigators theorized that when Patty got home that night, Peter gave his wife a drink and coaxed her outside where he had attacked her, smothering her until she finally stopped breathing. He then dragged her body to the truck, where she picked up the seed pods in her hair and on her coat. He then threw her body into the bed of the truck and drove it into the lake. It only took a few hours for the jury to deliberate and come back with a guilty charge. Peter was sentenced to 25 years to life. The motives are as old as time, sex and money. But Peter Wolazuk's story does not end there. He is still fighting his conviction and maintains his innocence. Peter is claimed to have had an unfair trial and applied to have his conviction overturned twice. Both times, he was again found guilty. Peter is now remarried to a woman named Heather, and she is now fighting to free her husband, whom she says has been wrongfully convicted. Heather Wolazuk had been studying criminal justice cases when she came across Peter's case. She reached out to him, and I guess one thing led to another. She is now working alongside the wrongfully convicted community 
the nonprofit Center for Factual Innocence, has taken up the cause and has put Peter's name on the hood of a race car to raise awareness of his case. Peter remains in Attica Correctional Facility, a maximum security prison in New York. Patty's family left this message with reporters. Patty spoke many times throughout the trial, via the burdock, the many wounds she sustained in her final struggle, and finally, the diaries she kept that allowed the truth to be heard. Although this will never bring Patty back, we can move on knowing that justice has prevailed. Okay, Lakers, it's time to dock. Next week, join me on another creepy adventure on a murderous lake. But until then, stay safe and be kind to one another.